Hey, 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 what up, gang? It's Q&A Day with your girl, Dr. Dawn, where I answer juicy questions from our listeners. Let's jump in. What up, gang? I'm back with another Q&A sesh. So get ready, get ready, get ready. So today's question is a personal question, which I, I don't mind answering at all. I do believe it came from one of my loving, loving nieces, great nieces. The question was or is what was your father like what was your father like okay cleveland james galette jr was my father he was an only child and my father was a good man he was a good man strong work ethic dapper dresser dapper dresser um he and my mom were old enough to be my grandparents so um I'm one of seven. Uh, my mother had two and my father had four and they married and had me. <clears throat> so I made seven. And so, um, but coming up in my household, there wasn't, from my parents at least, there was no differentiation between, I didn't hear stepchild. I didn't hear any of that. So we were all, when I was coming up at least, we were all just the children, but I was the baby. And what I can remember about my dad, he was very nurturing and very affectionate. He had a Southern, uh, cause he was, uh, born and raised in Houston, Texas. So he had like a little bit of a Southern, uh, twang to him. So he would come in and he, uh, he called me head <laughs> and I used to think he called me head because I had uh long hair. I had very, very long hair coming up all the way down to my butt, but he actually called me head as I got older. I realized he called me head cause I had a really big head. And I still do y'all I still do so he called me head and he would say or, or head he said head you know you fitting to get your lesson <laughs> so he had like a strong um Texas um way about him and he would say uh, give me sugar give me some sugar shut the dough get your clothes off the flow <laughs> so he was he definitely was from Texas and he grumbled when he talked so sometimes you couldn't understand what he was saying because he would he would mumble when he talked kind of like the uh the Berenstein Bears, I think it is. The one bear. It's an old cartoon. It might not be Berenstein Bears. It's the old cartoon where um, the bear, when he would talk, the father of the house was a bear, and he would talk, and he would be like, that's how my dad used to talk. And my one brother, uh, Terry, could do him like no other. Uh, yeah, he could do him like no other. He also was a very clean man. Um, he couldn't. He didn't like clutter, and he didn't like dirt. So coming up, my room would always be cluttered. It would I have all kind of junk in my room because I was kind of like a pack rat. And he was a pack rat too. And I can remember coming home at least couple, every couple months and my dad was in my room, cleaning my room. Like he just couldn't take it no more. He's like, I can't take it no more. So he would clean my room. And he was a decent cook. He could make chitlins like no other. Really, really good chitlins. But my mom made sure we ate dinner. My mom was the cook of the house. But every so often he would make a holiday meal like chitlins or something like that. So he was a good cook as well. I was a daddy's girl. I was a da- daddy's girl. He was my father was uh, actually more nurturing than my mom and affectionate, very very affectionate. Kisses every you know, kiss in the morning, kiss when he got home from work, um, and all of that. He also told me at least once a day, if not more, that he loved me. So I grew up hearing that um, I was loved by my father two or three times a day, and that's something that I do with my boys as well, my sons. Didn't hear it that much from my mom, though I knew she loved me. There wasn't no doubt. But my father was the one who would tell me that he loved me consistently. 
Uh, unfortunately, much like many of the black men from his era, my father struggled with alcohol abuse. So he was an alcoholic. He was an alcoholic and he wasn't always a happy drunk. Um, there were times that he could become very verbally abusive to me or my brothers. Um, my mother buffered a lot of that though. She really did. She buffered a lot of that and it was limited, but I can recall, um, some verbal abuse. Um, and she kept it at a minimum, but he had a great deal of respect and love for my mom. So he, he had been married prior and that's where his first set of children came from. And that didn't work out. So I guess by the time he married my mother, cause he married my mother when he was 43 um, and she was 41. So I'm wrong. They got married at 40 and 42. And then I was born when, when she was 41 and he was 43. So they're old enough to be my grandparents. And so I guess when, by the time he married her, he had, um, I don't know, gained some insight into, uh, who he was. And he was a much different, um, person from what I hear. Cause I, I only, I can only tell you good stories about my father. Now I did see some stuff coming up there. Um, all of my siblings, um, my, the male siblings, um, struggled with substance abuse. So there was some domestic violence mainly between, um, my father and my, my brothers. Um, never seen anything between my mom and my dad. Uh, so, but he was, um, very, very, he loved his family. He was very committed, committed to his family. And even though he struggled with alcohol abuse, um, as I got older, he passed when I was 18. He and my mom passed when I were 18, when I was 18. Uh, he passed after my mom, two months after my mom passed away. And, he, and as I got older and as I started to hear more about people's families and lives, I realized that a lot of people from his generation, you know, they grew up during the depression and had to endure so much racism. And my father went to school uh, to be a barber. And actually he was an entrepreneur at one point. He owned a cleaners. He and his mom, he was, uh, he and his mother were very close. And that's something my father has passed down to all of, of his grandchildren, his great grandchildren. When I tell you, uh, my father's side of the family, his grandchildren and great grandchildren are very, very close. We are very close. And it's a lot of them. There are a lot of children together. My mother and father have 90, about approximately 90 or more. Last time I counted was close to 90. It was like 89 last time I counted. And I counted for my 50th birthday in um 2020. But uh, the last time I counted was about 89, but it's been some births since then. And that's the combination of my mother's and my father's grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. So we have a really big family, but my father's side of the family are very, very close. Um, and so that's something I see that he passed down in terms of the closeness with the children and that connectiveness. So I am appreciative for that. And even though he had the substance abuse and I can... Uh, att uh, attest to him not being a happy drunk and again witnessing domestic violence in particular between he and my uh, my brothers I, overall I have really good memories of my dad we used to watch sports games um all the time um we, we did a lot of fun things together I have really good memories of him and I don't blame him for anything I don't blame him for the alcoholism because I kind of came to understand that a lot of African-American men during that time it was just so rough I mean it's still rough in America for black men but especially back then like he had a college education and he ended up um he went into the navy he um fought in world war ii got shot in the eye was honorably discharged and he came home and he worked on the naval base in Philadelphia for years up until he retired and he ended up retiring because he had asbestos he ended up gaining asbestos in his lungs or getting asbestos in his long lungs and even with the college education my father still did blue collar work and he was proud he was proud to do blue collar work but the funniest thing about my dad though my father was hilarious so um my father would catch the g-bus to work 
The G bus was like the main bus in Philadelphia near our home that would get us where we needed to go. And um, there's a lot of buses in Philly, but G and the 52 were like the, the main ones that were close walking distance from our house. So my father would catch the G to the Naval bus, Naval base and back. And he would literally be dressed. Now he's going to the Naval base. He was a wielder, um, a walder, I'm sorry, a walder at the Navy base. And my father would literally get dressed in like church clothes church clothes like a preacher back of the bus nice shoes or cowboy boots I, I have a cowboy boots now in remembrance and honor of him um shirt sometimes a cowboy hat and slacks and he would be in the back of the bus um quiet um sometimes I would catch him sometimes I wouldn't sometimes I would see him sometimes I wouldn't but he would oftentimes catch me acting a fool on the bus and get with me when I got home so you know but <laughs> lay me out and <laughs> tell me about myself um but he wasn't a disciplinarian for me. He never disciplined me as, as he did with his older children. My mother was a disciplinarian. My father never laid a hand on me, never laid a hand on me. Um, so he was, a, he was a good man and he wasn't a good man cause he never spanked me, but he was just a good man. Um, I loved him dearly. I miss him. And I was a daddy's girl. I was a daddy's girl. So I consider it a blessing to have had that father's love, that unconditional father's love where, you know, um, they just think the best of you at all times. So, uh, but he was far from a perfect man, far from a perfect man, but he was very good to me and um, I had a good dad. So that is the answer to that question. All right, our final question for this Q&A sesh. I'm loving these questions, guys, and we're gonna be doing this ongoing. So pay attention to your Instagram or email me or DM me, all right? Because your questions will be answered. The question is, what do you do to prioritize self-care? I repeat, what do you do to prioritize self-care? So, um, I try to engage in self-care every single day, every single day, at least five days a week, um, hands down, but every day I do something, but I have a whole morning routine. And so how I prioritize it now is that I get up about 5 30 AM, somewhere between five and 6 AM in the morning. And my morning routine kind of consists of prayer, devotional meditation journaling and exercising and then I also tend to listen to our bishop's message whatever message that he preached that Sunday as well as our pastor right so um now I want I want to be clear right I got to this 5 36 o'clock place well, five five thirty place uh, within the last year. Prior to that, I could not get up early, but I would still have my self care routine because I've always been one to pray every morning and and have devotional every morning. But the earlier I get up, it seems to be the better for me, and I'll make sure I get it in. Whenever I don't get in, as if I get up anything later than six, then I struggle to get it in. But I will. There are some days that I'm not out to bed by six, especially if I stay up late. So with, with that being said, when I have those days, I'll end up kind of incorporating it throughout the day. Because what I notice is if I do not get in my self-care throughout the day, I can feel it. I definitely can feel it. Um, and you know, for me, I don't know what your life is like. And I don't want you, so I, first of all, this is a journey. So don't, don't get it twisted. Do not feel no, no kind of way. If you're like not getting up early in the morning, because again, I just got to that space. Thank God for Dr. Kimmy at productive on purpose. She helped me to finally get to the space of getting up earlier, kind of, uh, organizing my evening so I could be to bed a little earlier so that I could get up earlier to make sure I was taking care of myself. And so, um, that's how I prioritize it because I do too much. I'm very busy. I do a whole lot. You know, first I try to make sure I cook breakfast and dinner every single day for my husband and my family. So every single day I'm doing that. Um, then I have my private practice 
and I do family-based and I teach Zumba and now we're launching this trauma center. I do way too much. Then I'm very committed to my church. You know, I'm a minister at my church and then I'm a very family oriented. I have, like I told you um, earlier in the question, I have what, 90 something nieces and nephews, right? But I have six or seven of them right here in Harrisburg. And then I got God babies here and I'm very committed to them. I don't ever want to be that person that's so into their career that they don't have time for their family. And I love my family. So I'm very committed to my family, but I do way too much. Like sometimes I say to myself, my husband always say, he said, you do too much. And sometimes I'd be thinking the same thing. And I, but, but I don't feel like I'm doing too much in the moment. But when I reflect back, I'd be like, you be doing way too much. So what I notice is when I don't have my self-care regime in place, I'm I'm just, I'm just not a nice Dr. Dawn. I'm shorter than usual. Um, I can see it. I can feel it in my shoulders. I'm irritable, more irritable than usual. I'm quicker than usual in terms of like just responses, not taking time to uh, think about what I'm about to say to someone. Um, I'm just not myself. You know, I'm disorganized. Sometimes I'm not able to concentrate. So I, when I'm not doing my self-care regime, I feel it. So I have to make it be a priority because now with everything that's going on, especially with the new endeavors that we're approaching, you know, it's important for me to take care of myself because my body will break down with the amount that I put on it. And so that is how I prioritize it. I also um, make sure I take some supplements to help throughout the day, like, you know, vitamin um, B boosters, um, as well as nutrition. I try to make sure I balance out what I eat. Um, but I do work out five to six days a week, hands down, whether it's just a walk, I get in at least 30 to 40 minutes every day, six days a week, um, for the most part, unless like when I had the Rona, it wasn't going down y'all, but not going down. And again, um, I, when I'm not able to get up at five 30, if I'm running late, I will get the rest of my morning routine in throughout my day. Like I might journal at lunchtime. I may take, um, in between clients, 30 minutes to get on a treadmill. So I do make it a point to get it in there. So that's how I do it. Waking up early in the morning and then making sure you have a routine. So write down, you know, your routine. And so mine's is have all those now, but yours might start off small. You might just say, you know, to start off, I'm just going to make sure I'm up at a certain time. Uh, no later than this time. And, um, and then I'm going to complete one of these tasks. Like it might be just, I'm going to start with just journaling and then build on myself care routine. One tip I will say about getting up early, how it worked for me was that Dr. Kimmy, I love her to death. One of the things she brought up in her, uh, podcast, as well as her one-on-one, um, sessions. And then she does all kinds of stuff on Instagram. Got to follow her y'all. And I'll add her back to the show notes is the, um, you know, with the waking up early, she was like, cause that's a procrastinator thing. So believe it or not, Dr. Dawn has struggled with procrastination. A lot of people don't think that, but a lot of high achieving black women, we struggle with procrastination. So, um, what she said, Dr. Kimmy said is set your alarm clock for the latest that you get up anyway. So don't even fool yourself. Cause sometimes, and I've been this person, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get up tomorrow. I'm gonna get up at five 30. No, you ain't, you ain't been getting up at five 30. So then I let myself down. I don't get up at five 30. And then I used to find myself being like, so like disorganized throughout the day. So what she said was set your clock at the latest time you would get up to start. This is, this is how you start to get to the place where you can wake up on time. And so I, the latest I would get up and initially when I first started this process would be about eight o'clock, right? So I set my clock for eight o'clock and she's like, now that's what you set your alarm for. Don't set it for no earlier, set it for eight. And it, I don't know what that, I, I swear it was voodoo because the, that day when I did it, and this was over a year and a half ago, that day when I set my clock for eight o'clock, that next morning I got up at 6 a.m. without any problems. It was something about 
taking the burden off of yourself of believing you could get up early when you know you haven't shown yourself to be able to do that was something about taking that burden off that released me to just feel like I don't have to get up at that time. I can sleep till eight if I need to. I I can't explain it, y'all. You just got to listen to Dr. Kimmy's podcast. So that was the beginning of me starting to get up early. So that morning I got up like six and I was refreshed. I I don't understand it. So then what she recommends is you do that for about two weeks and then you shave off 15 minutes. So I started getting up by six. I started shaving off 15 minutes. It was six, five 45, five 30. And sometimes I'm up by five. I'm not, I'm sometimes I'm literally out the bed by 5 a.m. Um, now if I go to bed really late, I don't get up that early. Um, so that's why it's important for me to be in bed somewhere between nine 30 and 10 o'clock. Again, all a part of the self-care pieces because our body does need that sleep in order to rejuvenate and recover and replenish. So I hope that answered your question. Again, that was an amazing question. The two questions that we answered this evening were amazing. Uh, I'm sorry, today, the two questions that we answered today were amazing. What was my father like was the first question and how do I prioritize self-care? Okay, guys, that's a wrap. Holla at you. All right, y'all, our audience has spoken. You had questions and we had answers. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on all of your podcast listening platforms. And please, please, please follow me on Instagram and Clubhouse at Dr. Dawn on the Real and on Facebook at The Sane Gang. All right, now, until next time, y'all, stay sane.